Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone. It's the week beginning September 17th. And once again, I am taking command of this week in wrestling. I'm joined by Sam Driver. How are you? Not bad, mate. You? Yeah, not bad. Ross good. on wrestling? Ah, good. Aye. You're all right, Ross. Ah, good. Yeah. Aye. <laughs> Fair play. Good. Yeah, we're going to talk. We're going to do all the usual stuff. We're going to talk about what happened on this week in wrestling, however many years ago. We're going to talk about some birthdays. We're going to sadly talk about some deaths as well. But generally, we'll give you a nice overview. Generally? This week in wrestling. Ah, where is oh, generally. Jen? Generally. Generally. <laughs> where is Jen? Where is she? Scotland. Ridiculous. Aye, up north, the score. Let's let's get to it. So we begin on September 17th, 1981, where Ric Flair defeated Dusty Rhodes to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship for the first time at a house show. Bloody NWA, what they like? The ne- <laughs> hot star here. Yeah. Weren't they just all house shows back then? That was, yeah. that was, that was the biz nas, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's one. That's strike one from me as well. <laughs> The Nature Boy would capitalise on Rhodes' knee buckling during an attempted suplex in order to win the title, which, we would go, which he would go on to hold for 631 days until he was defeated by Jack Veneno. 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 However, Flair would be awarded the title back on the same night due to the fact that Veneno wouldn't defend the championship outside of his native land of the Dominican Republic. Let's talk about Ric Flair and the NWA championship. The Veneno thing is one of my favourite things in I'm wrestling. I'm not familiar with that. So basically, um, Ric Flair went down to uh, the Dominican Republic to have an exhibition match against Venino. Right. Venino was like a massive, massive like uh, like baby face in the Dominican Republic. And it was like, there's no chance he's going to beat Flair. But they turn up at the stadium on the day. It's Flair and Roddy Piper is with him, sort of escorting him to and from the ring and stuff. And apparently the crowd are so wild that there are National Guard there with rifles, with all sorts of stuff. <clears throat> and... Once Flair got in the ring, they started wrestling uh, and started like laying it in on Venino. The crowd started like rioting, basically uh-huh. going mental, getting proper aggro. Uh, and then there's a story going around. I don't know how it, how true it is, but basically Flair uh, Flair's like laying into Venino, and then Piper gets up on the apron. And he just, like, Flair just sees loads of the armed guards turn toward the ring, like, looking very angry at Piper. Uh, and then Piper drops down, Flair shouts, roll me up, and then one, two, three. The NWA obviously didn't want Flair to drop the title, so Venino's yeah. now this national icon to the point where apparently they play the match on Christmas Day almost every year in the oh, Dominican Republic because okay. it's, like, such a huge national thing. Um, there's apparently a really good film about it as well, but... Flair then had to work out a way to get it back, so they had to make up the lie that he wouldn't defend it outside of the Dominican Republic. So, yeah. It's but, an unofficial reign as well, I believe. They never recognised it. Well, that's good. But on this day, Ric Flair defeated Dusty Rhodes to win. <laughs> you know doesn't, things you do, Sam. Yeah, you bloody know doesn't things. Matter. Like, yeah. Doesn't matter. Fair enough. Benino's a better story for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's still, that, that's not happened on this day, though. Yeah. You're talking about 631 days later. That's fine, Ross. That's absolutely fine. Only about a... No, not about... But this is a a poignant moment. 
because of recent happenings. Yes. With Rhodes Jr. Yes. And the belt being restored to former glory, I guess, over the last few months. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's one of those iconic NWA World Heavyweight title changes. Because Flair, I guess, is one of the more iconic NWA champions. Maybe the God, most? Yeah, who, who yeah I'd, I'd say be? the most iconic. Dusty yeah. Rhodes, Harley Dusty, Race. Yeah. Shane Douglas. Tim Storm. Yeah, Tim that's, Storm. That's pretty much He's the, the big one. things, yeah. Tim Nick Storm. Aldis. <laughs> he did a good job at all. He in. really did. He did. A, he was the classic old And £10 bastard. of gold's been great. I haven't watched as much of it as I wanted to, but I think it, I've heard it's gone a long way to making it seem Adam Pachetti is on the latest one. Is he? Part of the Wrestling Media Con panel that we weren't on. Oh, that oh, one. Okay. oh right. That one where we were excluded. <sighs> Watching yeah, from the crowd. Blacklisted. No, we were working. Not wrestling, we were doing interviews. And that. Sat at a lonely Virgil table. <laughs> Let's crack on and talk about the next day, September 18th in 2004. It's time to get, it's time to get indie-rific. In Highland, Indiana, AJ Styles defeated Smojo and Brian Danielson in the final match of the 2004 IWA Mid-South Ted Petty Invitational. We all love it. We Brother all of Todd, of course. Yeah. Is IWA Ted. Mid-South Ian Rotten? Brother of Tom, did you say there? Todd? Is, it, in is Tom, it Todd? Tom Petty. Is it Tom? The Heartbreakers. Tom Petty. The song. Free Falling. The ma- yes. Yeah, that's Tom Petty. Uh, Tom. Yeah. God rest his dead soul. Good R.I.P. in peace. Yeah. Um, what were you saying, sorry? Uh, is it IWA Mid-South that's Ian Rotten? It was for a time, I think. Yeah, yeah. it had like such a bad thing around it. Yeah. yeah. But I think now, um, or back then, it was more indie-rific, even yeah. though you might have still been in control, but this was before all the drama, I think. Yeah. And these days, I think it's actually more of a legit... Yeah, because yeah. the IWA used to be like a big sort of thing, didn't it? Yes, this two-day tournament is regarded as one of the best indie shows in pro wrestling history. Future world champions in this tournament, obviously including AJ Styles, Samojo, and Brian Danielson, also include uh, Roderick Strong. Your favourite? Well, he's, I quite like Roderick Strong, yeah. I thought you hated him because he was sneaky and, and climbed up the oh, table. Oh, on uh, Wrestlers of the yeah. Week, yes, of course. Um, Chris Saban, who actually is one of my favourites. Austin Aries, CM Punk, and our favourite, War Nigel. Big Nigel. Big Nigel McGuinness. In a side note, AJ Styles was the fifth winner in as many tournaments. What? These aren't my notes, but does that mean that mean that means he won every he won all five? He wouldn't put the brothers over, you know. AJ. I I, I thought that was to mean he was the 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 fifth oh. winner and it was the fifth tournament. So there was a different winner yeah. each time. Oh yeah. that's far less controversial. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Um I think this just goes to show that Triple H is a massive fan of indie wrestling. Yeah, well, he's got to be, hasn't he? He's, he's, he's running NXT. He's got to, you know, he's got to keep those indies in control. Yeah. Just, just got to wonder what Chris Sabin's done wrong down the years to not be in there now. Too handsome, too small. He was a tag team wrestler primarily. Yeah. Like, in his glory days. He was great though, wasn't he? Oh, Chris Sabin, the the man of the hour. That's not his. The nickname. king of the ring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> intelligence and power. Fourteen years ago, and one, two, three, four, and Nigel, I guess. They're all in the E. It makes yeah. me think, like, yeah, how young were these lads back then? And how mm. good have they been for such a long time? Obviously, yeah. AJ Styles is, like, approaching 40 rapidly. He was just born wrestling. Yeah. AJ, like... He's one of the most natural wrestlers. Alongside Daniels, to be fair. Uh, interestingly... Oh, no, not Daniels. Brian Danielson, I've read it wrong. I was going to say, this was the same triple threat that was the excellent TNA match, but it wasn't. Obviously, Brian Danielson yeah. wasn't in that. But, I mean, I've, I don't know where you can find this. I'm assuming it's It'll be out there somewhere. There'll probably be DVDs you There'll can be purchase. Go on yeah. torrents and stuff. You no. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Do not Ross. go on torrents. Boy, you, you bloody rascal. <laughs> Killing the God. business. Um, for some reason, when I'm picturing this, I'm picturing it outside, but I doubt it was. No, IWA used to run shows in armories and stuff. And oh. Yeah. It was in Indiana. 
Shout out to our friend Michael Potts, who spent some time in Indiana. Oh, was, yeah. Oh, no. Thank Why you. on earth have you brought him up on this? <laughs> <'Cause I'm laughs> do, you, do you Mac and Boys that you used oh, to do Oh, man, anyway. I can't be arsed on this Friday morning. <laughs> Michael's a good friend of ours. I cannot believe it. <laughs> there we go. Wrestling's not real, but Game of Thrones is. It was a friend of ours who didn't like wrestling. He's infuriate the piss out of me, that. <laughs> but then he came to one he wrestling show. He came to a show and he loved it. He just came to one show, he, so a standard babyface versus heel tag match. But he, he came the to say hello. cheated and he couldn't believe it. He was like, <laughs> I couldn't ref, believe it. couldn't believe that. But, he, but he, he wouldn't leave after that point. He came yeah, to he just loved say hello it. and he leave loved and he stayed it. for the whole gets, show. gets under your skin, <laughs> gets in your blood. September the 20th. 997. Luckily, we're going to WWF now. More familiar territory for many of us. Uh, WWF presented one night only from the NEC Arena in Birmingham, England. About 11,000 were in attendance with just 20... Oh... With just twenty thousand homes watching on pay per view. These were these were UK exclusive pay per views though, so it, yes, it's, yeah. I don't think they promoted them as heavily on the weeklies, if at all. It they says, were just house shows, yeah. weren't they? It says here the reason the reason for such a low number was that it was only made available in the UK and also Canada, though. Uh, in kayfabe, the WWF champion at the time, Bret Hart, used a clause in his contract <laughs> to exclude US <laughs> viewers from being able to see the event. Not those pesky satellite costs or anything no. at all, no. Bret has, Bret, Hart. Bret has that much control in his contract. The event was eventually made available on WWF Home Video in the US, but with three matches removed, including the title match, uh, then WWF champion Bret Hart was gone from the company by the time the event was released to American audiences. And that was to fit the two-hour window, that's why it was chopped down. Uh, should I run down the card? I can just imagine before you do, just loads of Americans like really worried about missing out on this, so driving up the border, <laughs> sneaking into their mates' houses. Catching a plane to Birmingham. Yeah. we got to get to <laughs> Birmingham! <laughs> The card, my apologies. The card was uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley defeating Dude Love in the opener. Tiger Ali Singh. Christ, there's a name. Lick me toes, daddy. (laughs) Yes, beating Leaf Cassidy. (laughs) Not the man who discovered America, the wrestler. That would be Leaf Erickson. Bollocks, I knew it was familiar. Yes. Uh, Did he discover America? He, like, chanced upon it before Columbus did or something. All I know is Happy Leaf Erickson Day, Yinga Hinga Durgan from Spongebob. Right. Yeah. Uh, the headbangers. Yinga Hinga Durgan. He like wakes up in bed and goes, Happy Leaf Erickson Day, Yinga Hinga Durgan. While dressed sort of as a Viking. Underrated yeah. man is SpongeBob SquarePants. The it's movie was a fine One of my favourite animated shows of all time, I think. It's great. He wins with the power of rock and roll at the end. It's wonderful. You got any facts about SpongeBob SquarePants? Uh, he will. A lot, a lot of the characters and their general behaviours are apparently influenced by realistic behaviours of. What? The the sea animals themselves. I can't think of any specifics, but I know that's a fact. Like of the sea animals, because the, like the actual sea squirrel. No, like there's not a sea squirrel, but like there'll be basically because I think the guy that created it was a marine biologist. A lot of the characters exhibit the same behavior. So like the most basic and obvious one is Patrick lives under a rock because starfish live under rocks. But okay. like it goes a lot deeper apparently. Squids like, are like. Introverted. Living Stonehenge. Yeah. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> it's an Easter, Easter Island. Island Easter Island, bloody hell. But like, apparently, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the things are... Yeah, the older you get, the more you realise Squidward was just a normal just person. To having, yeah, right. needing a normal time. Living next to a child. Um, oh, enough. Let's, not, let's just talk about Spongebob. Yeah, the, whole thing. Um, the headbangers, Martian Thrasher, defeated Las- Lost Request. Excuse me, they're not women, they're men. Is that my phone? You got a bloody message. Oh, it's from Savio Vega or Miguel Perez Jr., maybe. One of the two have lost <laughs> breakfast. The Patriot defeated Flash Funk. Oh, here comes two called Scorpio. That video is just <laughs> fantastic. If, if anybody hasn't seen it, check out uh, Two Cold Scorpio's WCW debut 
package they sort of aired really? it in, the, in the week going up to uh because you had a big cock <laughs> they aired it in the weeks leading up apparently to his, one of uh, the biggest cocks the business has ever seen <laughs> They aired it in the weeks leading up to <clears throat> his debut, and it's basically Two Cold Scorpio in a limousine catches some kids skive in school. So he decides to uh, out basketball them, yes. and then puts them in his limo. Oh no, he doesn't. They just walk to walk to school. I think he they drives dance. off. I think. He drives off, and yeah, they all yeah. dance to school. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, the Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal defeated the Godwins. Vader defeated Owen Hart, which I imagine was actually probably quite a good match. Yeah. Brett defeated The Undertaker by DQ. Classic house show finish. Oh. And Shawn Michaels defeated the British Bulldog to win the European Championship, which made which made Michaels the first Grand Slam champion in WWF history, winning all four available championships. In was England? This the one, was this the one where... It's recognised as one of Bulldog's best ever matches. I know that much. Is it the one where Bulldog was meant to win, and then his wife was there and stuff, or his sister or someone, all his family were there... Excited to see him win, and then Michaels just won, and they were like, "Yeah, I think bollocks. it was." Was it that one? Yeah. Oh, it's terrible from Sean. Ridiculous. Terrible behaviour. But no, you know, this was back in the day when WWF. Well, no, it wasn't. Was it really? It wasn't when it was before the days of Insurrection and Rebellion. When they yeah, I was still, I was still heartbroken. I never got to go to Insurrection 2003. My mate went. I thought you yeah, went. I didn't go. You, you saw WCW live to, though. I'm so jealous. I went. I just went to a WrestleMania revenge to him. Oh, I took a sign yeah. that said "Big Show needs Atkins." The irony, hey. I thought. That um, <laughs> but no, my mate went <clears throat> to Insurrection 2003, where I, that was when I realised these British pay-per-views are just house shows, aren't they? They're bollocks. There's still <laughs> something about JR saying live from the Telewest Arena in Newcastle. Chris Jericho going, like, you, yeah. you Newcastle wankers. <laughs> <laughs> going down the Irish pub down the road. Where's that, Chris? <laughs> There's no Irish pub down the road from the arena. Is there an Irish pub in the Newcastle? One, the one across the station, I think, used to be. There's one next to St. James's Park. Yeah. What, the strawberry? The no, Irish the bar. Irish. It's called oh, like the Newcastle Irish Club or something. Oh. But the, I think the one opposite Central Station used to be an Irish theme bar. That might have been where Big Chris meant. He might be a historian of Newcastle Town. Cody Rhodes knew a lot about Newcastle. Did he? That was really odd. Like, he knew what Grey Street was. I and don't he, think he, he knew like, where he went, though. <laughs> no, he didn't know where he was going. <laughs> In his three-piece suit to ride. <laughs> Watch out for these lads spilling the fire buckets on you, Cody. Huge. Sorry, we're going to, I forgot to introduce the next point. We're going to 1999, still yeah. September the 20th, for a huge episode of Raw is War from Houston, Texas. The Rock and Sock Connection defeated the Unholy Alliance, obviously Undertaker and Big Show, in a dark side rules match to win the Tag Team Championships. Their second tag title win as a team and the sixth overall reign for Mankind. It would also be Undertaker's last bout for a while. The next night at the SmackDown taping, he was written off via a walkout when he refused to participate in a casket match, but it was just to recover from a groin injury. I don't remember this tag match. Um, Me neither. The, the promo springs to mind, though. I left him in the desert on his, on his motorcycle and put the tyres down. Weren't the uh, un- Unholy Alliance sort of oh, a very short-lived Find your thing. way back, big show, you mug. Oh. <laughs> what, wasn't... What's a dark side rules match then? I've got no idea. Sam? Sam knows things. Dark side rules. Let's have a Google. Do a flashback. I'm going to continue to. No, it's all right. I'm got... There's more <laughs> notes to read. Oh, I thought you were actually going to Google it. I was going to Google. I've got more to read, so you can't do it. Oh, okay, I'll do it. I'll find out what the dark side rules match was. Vince McMahon vacated the WWF Championship just six days after defeating Triple H for the title. I think that's actually bigger news on this show rather than the title title change. I think it's in chronological order, is it not? Oh, I see. Maybe not. Because the last one's there. Oh, the dark day in the history of professional wrestling. I can't wait to get to it. He also got reinstated into the company by Steve Austin in exchange for Austin being the referee in the main event of Unforgiven that weekend. Austin, that seems like a bad deal. I feel like he didn't really weigh up his options too well there. No. Uh, And being the first man in line to challenge for the belt once a new champion was crowned, fair play. 
And then the thing that Ross was referring to, <laughs> uh, we had a massive debut on the show, Sam. Right. Guess Stephanie, who it was, Sam. Oh, 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 Christ, man. Stephanie McMahon. Steffi Graf. <laughs> coming down the aisle. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon made a ring debut. <laughs> oh, my God. That action there really made... I'm, I can't wait to say that back. I feel like I really went for it. Stephanie McMahon made an in-ring debut in an intergender tag team match and won. Carl Surprise is the French would sort of say. She got off to a winning start as her and her boyfriend at the time, Test, defeated Intercontinental Champion Jeff Jarrett and Deborah, who was his manager, I think. Any is... any members of the Unholy Alliance could wrestle. <laughs> right. So Brilliant. There was two of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there might have been some druids or something knocking about. I guess it might have been like they could just wrestle at the same time. Mm. Like, I, I don't know. It sounds hardcore. Nineties. But that Taker used to get on how Big Show because it used to be a, a work shoot kind of relationship. Because obviously Big Show came in with a big reputation but wasn't living up to it. So Vince put him with the Undertaker and Taker was like, "How oh, Bonnie Lad, get in line. Whoopa! I'll whip you into shape." So that's why that tag team came about. And apparently, Is when this... Taker would sit down on commentary and just leave Big Show to have handicap matches, that was like a a tester thing. So sort of like mm. when CM Punk wouldn't put a suit on but more public. Well, when Undertaker just, was, I think yeah. that was just a it's more like a mentorship, yeah. apprenticeship. The you know, big show had apprenticeship on, on Football Manager. You got a promising new player in the youth yeah. team, get him mentored by one of the starting eleven. See how that works out for him. Sometimes it, I don't know if it actually works. Sometimes they get like found in a nightclub, like just blacked out. That's if you design Football Manager. Yeah. I don't know what you've been designing, Sam. We're sticking with the same day, but we're going to 2015 for Night of Champions from the Toyota Center. It's not a phone, it's the table. In Houston, Texas. Because for some reason, in recent weeks, this side is now lower than this side. Well, there's a trigger on the side, you can lift the table. Yeah, no, but it doesn't go anywhere, Sam. I don't know, Ross, I just don't know. Maybe that's as high as it goes in this one. Anyway. They're both the same table, though. They are, but... Why would one be slightly higher? It depends how drunk we were when we built them, doesn't it? Basically, that's I what we've got to drink. admit to. None of us drink here at Cultaholic. You shouldn't Pop drink world. at home either. Pop world. Drinking's bad for you. Pop world. From the Toyota Center in Houston, Eat organic Texas. foods. Night of Champions 2015. Get eight hours sleep every <laughs> How night. How does Jen bloody do this? Week in and week out, she does. In a pre-show matter, we've got in order. For, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna actually just pick out some highlights. I mean, like this show is yeah. remembered for one thing and one thing only, and that is a massive old buckle bomb. Well, I remember yeah. it for Seth Rollins pulling Killing double double duty and idols. doing quite well. He did quite Apart well. Apart from ending the career of Sting. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd, I think Rollins got a lot of flack for that. Yeah, I mean, you can't place the blame solely on one. It's person a double-edged so sword, and it? it's, yeah. it's a silly move to do. And when you're 56 or whatever he was at the time, you shouldn't be taking moves well, like that's that. That's it. Like, there's two sides of the coin. You have to accept to do something. Blame the like producer. Do something. That's just blame. Blame Road Dog. I don't think you can blame anybody does. because it's got to be run by everybody, and that's it. But if you were the internet, you'd blame Road Dog, wouldn't you? Um, we are the internet, so we are going to blame Road Dog. We are the children. But the thing I that I'm going to go into off the night there for some reason. <laughs> oh, what you to um just what to... song was I singing there? We are the day. We are the world. We are the world. Michael, Michael Jackson, isn't Michael it? Jackson. Yeah. I, I watched the documentary with Bashir for the first time oh, the other day. Really, we it's horrible. Oh, ones who make horrible. A brighter what a day. what a prick Martin Bashir is. Let's start living. Uh, Seth Rollins <laughs> pulled double duty on the night defending both of his titles because obviously it was Night of Champions. Every title had to be defended, which is a rule that I don't think's been strictly stuck. To. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. To over the years. Yeah. In this one it was, and it was quite a clever story, I thought. He had to, they were like, well, you're a double champion. You've got to wrestle twice. He wrestled Cena first and lost. And then I thought Cena was a dick. Like, Cena's all about hustle, loyalty, and respect. And he knows that Rollins has got another match coming up right there and then. And I think he gave him an attitude adjustment on the ramp. To be like, well, you're going to lose your belt now. Your other belt. Yeah, but that, that's a big old, uh, like, a, like a red heron though, isn't it? Well, it was. I got yeah. the point of it. But I think, I think <laughs> Cena was a, was a knob for doing so. Um, Do you then, want to just look down the camera and challenge him, call him out? No. Then Seth Rollins, he's a very large man. Then Seth Rollins uh, did actually beat Sting and did unfortunately injure him. Um, Sting had to undergo surgery. I was heartbroken. I never get to see Sting wrestle. Yeah, he's one of your boys, isn't yeah. he? You're a WCW lad. I've yeah. got to see him wrestle. I know, that's why I'm insanely, insanely jealousy. Who did he wrestle? I've got no idea. Oh. The card was Kevin stacked. Nash. I think it was a six-man <laughs> tag involving Nash and Booker T. That was 99, wasn't the, it? The, my only abiding memory from that house show was Queewee. <laughs> Why? I don't know. He came frolicking down with his glitter and whatnot. It spoke to me as a child. It did. Was there not any Ernest the Cat Miller? I've got no idea. Uh, I bought me, I got me Jeff Jarrett Slapnut's foam guitar, and Kui Wee was there, and that's all I remember. I just, I really, I don't know why as a kid, I just really loved Ernest the Cat Miller. Yeah. Like, properly loved him. One, two. It's just great. It's just James Brown. <laughs> yeah. It's just James Brown. <laughs> Um, moving swiftly on. Oh, yes, and I should mention as well that the following April, Sting would announce his induction into the WWE Hall of Fame. That was... Announced, sorry, he announced that he retired during his induction. The yeah, WWE it was weird seeing him without makeup and everything in a big old suit. I mean, you've seen him before without makeup, but in a suit, it was just like... Yeah. Mm. I think he was the first of Kenny's best close personal friends. Really? You know, and Kenny... DDP be... was the first, and then Sting. Sting knows Kenny. I'm up to date on my Inside the Rubs history. Mm. On September the 22nd, 1996, uh, WWF brought us In Your House Manned Games from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And uh, it was the professional wrestling debut of Mark Henry, who just competed in the Summer Olympics. Well done, Mark. And after this, America. they tried to get him to quit for about, what, eight years? Yeah, he had a bad <laughs> time of it, did Mark. But he, he, gir- he uh, gurned respect. Gurned, gurned it. it over he the gurned years. gurned it. Yeah, <laughs> backstage. Um... I'll just run down the card very quickly. In a pre-show free-for-all match, it was Vega versus Janetti and Savio yeah. Vega won. Uh, Savio Vega then, hang on, 
Is this correct? Maybe. Defeated Justin Bradshaw in a Caribbean strap match. I think it is because Vega was the only man to have Caribbean strap matches back yeah. then. Um, but I just mean because he, he had two matches. Um, Jose Lothario defeated Jim Cornette in what was a five-star classic. Owen Hart and British Bulldog defeated Bart and Billy Gunn to win the tag team titles. Mark Henry defeated Jerry Lawler in his debut. The Undertaker beat Goldust in a curtain call match. I'm what not Googling again. What do you can Google? What are you doing? Curtain call match. Yeah. Curtain call I don't know. All I know is there was strong undertones of homosexuality throughout. Of course, because that was the whole thing they were playing off with Goldust. It was uh, on Raw, I think. Uh, Goldust knocks down Taker in the. I think it must have been in the in the months before this, yeah. and then he grinds up against him like a dirty diddler. <laughs> <laughs> and Taker, gold credit to him, keeps a straight face, stays still. Let's Goldust do his thing. <laughs> I'd have been giggling like a little girl, mate. <laughs> <laughs> e. Dustin, stop yeah. it, man. Stop it, Dustin. Um, in the main event, Shawn Michaels beat Mankind to retain the championship, but it was by a dirty DQ. One of the best matches from Mankind's WWE career. Yeah? It's the one where they go through the table and all that stuff. Oh, oh fantastic. Right. I mean... What I mean, Mankind's signature match was obviously the Hell in a Cell against Undertaker, but he did have some very good ones. Mm. The one against Triple H was fantastic. Not the other one against Triple H was yeah, the Royal Rumble one. That was another one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. This is the other one, though, out, outside of those ones. Mm. I don't know if... He's all right, isn't he, Mick? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he was renowned as a particularly good wrestler, but he gets emotion in, doesn't he? Yeah, Especially as a baby He's face. a good, like, showman. Yeah. yeah. With favorite. Mark Henry, though, wasn't it like a 20-year contract he signed? 10, I think it was. It was 10. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Like, just guaranteed 10-year contract, and that's why they were, like, sort of giving him all those gimmicks to get him to sort of be like, I'm not doing this. And yeah. they offered Angle one soon after, but Angle was like, you know, if I sign this 10-year deal, I can never lose. <laughs> and he's <just> like... <laughs> <laughs> he sent him away. <laughs> and he came, went ECW. The cross thing happened. Yeah, yeah and he went. And then he came. Sue you. Yeah, and then he came back. And was like, is that is that contract still there, Vince? He's like, nope. <laughs> um, I think Mark Henry being offered a ten year deal is the biggest example of Vincent Mann being blinded by his love for for big sweaty men. Yeah, he just saw him and went, wow. Gary was this, he can uh, pull a truck, damn it! <laughs> when was it that he did World's Strongest Man then? Because he did. He obviously came straight out of the Olympics. Yeah, and then. Then they incorporated it like, into his gimmick. He was away for a while. Well, he's like he? 2002, wasn't it, when he yeah. used to pull the trucks and whatnot, and then he mm. was on SmackDown flipping cars and stuff. Yeah, that was it. I've got a lot of respect. He had that theme. <clears throat> the beat kicks, now start rocking. Dun, 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 to the beat. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of respect for Mark Henry because he, in a sort of dusty roads way, when he joined the WWF as well, he was given all these crap gimmicks and just... Play, just did it and got his yeah. money and, and just lived lived the life. And then we got the fake retirement speech in the Hall of Pain, and nah, we, we got the, like class. we got one big run with his, him, which was great. He and got we, his just as yeah. Then we just got that episode of Raw where like uh, PMS got squirty cream and ball gagged and stuff. Yeah, yeah, love it. Nice. Ball gags and title reigns. Um, that's gonna be my autobiography. <laughs> Sticking with September the 22nd, we're moving to 1997 for an iconic moment in WWF history. It was, I believe, the first example of Stone Cold Steve Austin giving Vince McMahon a big old stunner. A, a, a weird stunner in hindsight. Almost as if Vince McMahon had never seen a stunner before this <laughs> yeah. one. I can't he remember how forward. he falls forward. He falls forward and then goes... It's not as bad as Linda. Linda is the worst sell I've ever goes, seen. He goes down on Austin's back, so he like, chest oh, okay. bumps Austin's back and then just flops on the floor. Because like yeah. I know Linda sort of like kneels and then just sort of like yeah. like sits down. Linda can do whatever the fuck she wants. you know. Mm. She's part of the government <laughs> now, so she can. It was also the uh, WWF debut 
of Cactus Jack, Mick Foley... Mick Foley's, well, one of his three iconic personas, one of his two iconic personas it's and dude. definitely, love. I think, the most famous outside of Mankind. Well, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Originally and back then as well, like when Mankind was sort of... Uh, yeah, he was bring, yeah, he was bringing it back to WWF. Yeah. He was bringing it back, sorry, well, he was the told, first time in WWF. He was told, like, we're not bringing Cactus Jack to WWF. They they wanted him as Mason the Mutilator and then Mankind the Mutilator and then just Mankind. Yeah. I like Mankind as a character. Yeah. But I think one of the best moments in Foley's WWF run was when he brings back Cactus Jack for one of his matches against Triple H, and Triple because H is terrified. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't believe it. Yeah, he's like, what? And yeah. Triple H looking shocked and angry is a very good How does expression. he do it again? He's, he's like, uh, I may not be able to do it, but I've yeah. got a friend that, that can. And then he something. takes off yeah, the Yeah, takes off and he's got the Cactus Jack yeah. t-shirt on. Wrestling's silly, but also excellent at the same time. So good. Did anything else happen on this show? On the same night, we had a Nitro, of course. Um, it was noted for the debut... What a night for wrestling this was for the debut of one Bill Goldberg. In a match against yeah. Hugh Morris. Bum, yes, bum, bum. Hugh Morris. I wonder if he won. Only joking. Of course, <laughs> of course, of course he bloody did. God. Goldberg was like, I, I, I loved him as a kid. Absolutely loved him. Yeah. He, I just thought he was the best. And like, I didn't think he couldn't wrestle. I didn't think anything like that. I just thought, like, oh, when you're, the fact you're a he kid. would just come in and just like smash everybody. Yeah. And like, especially... I remember distinctly once Disco Inferno, he just came out and just leveled him. Just leveled him. Yeah. And wouldn't stop either. I remember one against his, his trainer or something, against the coach or whatever. Was this against Sarge? Sarge. Sarge. Yeah. yeah, I remember that one. Have you seen, you've not seen the Louis Theroux documentary yeah. uh, with the power plant? It's just it's shades, Sarge, of, shades of Adam Sarge Bichidi. is like, Sarge is the, the head trainer at the power plant. <coughs> oh, and he's, he's like a proper aggro. Uh, like, Pit full metal jacket. But yeah. Louis does ask him a silly question. He does, yeah. He puts him on the spot. He's packing down Nitro. And then he beasts him. He properly beats uh, beasts him at the training session. Louis like, Theroux could batter Sarge if he wanted. Like he he man like that. <laughs> Look at the range on Louis Theroux. He could like <clears throat> slap him at a distance. Yeah. Like that. I want to see Louis Theroux. You know all these YouTubers have been doing boxing matches? Yeah. The dream match. I know he's not a YouTuber, but Louis Theroux versus Adam Pacini would be the dream. Yeah. I'd love to see it. I'd that. take Theroux versus Herzog as well. I think Herzog <laughs> would batter him, even though he's proper old now. Any more documentarians you want to chuck David in? David Attenborough. Nick Broomfield. <laughs> With a gun. I'd take Attenborough versus Broomfield. We he can sort that in, out, BBC. He rides in proper colonial on the back of an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, now we see. Here we see. <laughs> see you later. Okay, now you don't get this sort of crack with gender. You get, no, David's a wee sweetheart. He would never shoot anyone. <laughs> September 23rd, 1987. The start of the mega powers. Uh, Macho Man, Randy Savage, of course, and Hulk Hogan. The most intense handshakes in the world. Mountains and mountains and mountains of cocaine. Yes, <laughs> yes. I thought you were going to quote one of their promos. I thought that, that was, was one line. of their promos. <laughs> <laughs> just reading between the lines. It was a strange partnership, wasn't it? Because they proper didn't like each other. Well, there was a lot of professional jealousy going on. Because Hogan stole all the limelight. Savage was not the better character, but the better wrestler by far. Yeah. He's fantastic to watch. He's one of my faves from the olden days. And, um, and it led to that big match at WrestleMania 5. I often wonder where it was a shoot, brother, because obviously Hogan was celebrating with Liz during this tag team tandem, and Macho get a bit jealous and go, oh, do you think it, that was what the seed? Doing? Yeah. And then they went, let's turn this into a story. Yeah. They mentioned it, was it Confidential? Oh, right. They did WWE Confidential, where they go back, and the, there was one where they just trashed Macho Man a little bit. Um, but it was when they were talking about Miss Elizabeth, and they were like, he was quite a jealous person. I was like, oh, that's sad. That's what I mean. I it's think like this storyline might have been a bit of a shoot. Mm. Yeah. He was quite possessive, wasn't he? I mean, they did just take the piss out of that at all in. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny Thurs being Randy Savage. What's a, what's a big Randy Savage trade? 
very jealous. Just got got brandy, took it to the corner, and yeah. yeah. I found out the gear he was wearing was authentic. They got it, it from a collector. Yeah, yeah, interesting. But the Mega Powers, I guess, are one of the maybe the biggest like super tag team in wrestling history. I don't think you can get much bigger than that. Is it the first yeah. SummerSlam main event against the Mega Bucks. Yeah, who are of course the granddads of the Young Bucks. Of course. Yes. Ha. <laughs> Um, <laughs> when Liz ripped off her skirt oh what a dirty uh, temptress apparently she was meant to go full on rip off and reveal a bikini but Macho was like nope that's a bit too far that you know and even just the skirt everyone's like whoa <laughs> she's got an arse she's got legs in that <laughs> Jesus <laughs> I think it's Gorilla and Heenan maybe just absolutely losing their minds it might be Ventura I'm not sure but they're just like oh Goodness, is it not a healer thing? Heel why, thing we, why did you do Lord Alfred Hayes's voice? My voice Goodness, because <laughs> I'm actually was like, can't quite believe what I've just seen. <laughs> Gino, if you could report back from the ring. The first King of the Lord Ring Alfred with him Hayes. explaining the rules is is one of my favourites. <laughs> and then the next man will go through, <laughs> and then what we will see, and he's like breaking That's a huge board good. with little Velcro stickers. <laughs> it's just a tournament. It's just a tournament. <laughs> if you've ever watched any sport, it's just a tournament. The men it. will wrestle more than once. <laughs> That's fantastic. That bloody penful. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the bloke who sings the Danger Mouse theme. Here I come to save the day. <laughs> Moving on to 1995, September 23rd still, where Steve Austin made his ECW debut in New York, Middletown, New York. Um, just before the main event, which was a Sandman versus Mikey Whipwreck title match. Later that evening, he cut the infamous Steve's Da promo, where he mocked who? who? The Hulkster. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. yeah, like superstar Steve Austin was just great. Steve CM Punk Austin here, yeah. shooting some shoots backstage. Well, he would he would plead with Bischoff in them and stuff, wouldn't he? And, and so he wanted would, to give yeah. him his job back. But Bischoff yeah. fired him with a vet FedEx while he had a, what was it, a bicep injury or something? Or yeah, yeah, something like that. And um, Austin didn't take too kindly to it, I think it's fair to say, and essentially made the springboard for his career in the yeah. process. Because he was always a fantastic wrestler. But he just became a, a massive badass here. Yeah, yeah. he brought, really brought out the charisma that he could show, yeah. and then got hired by WWF, and then the screw job happened, and the rest is, well, the, the King of the Ring promo, then the screw job, and then the rest is history. What do you say is like a, a, a change on that level? Because I think Evil Doink is a change on that level. Evil Doink? Yeah, like Doink being an ass instead of being all like happy and stuff. Kane. Kane being Yankum. happy. Kane. Oh, oh yeah. Yankum right. and yeah. Kane. Um, uh, I don't know, really. What was the name of him again when Matt Bourne went down to ECW and he wasn't Doink, but he was just Doink? He was know, Doink, like, but it was like Dirty Doink. Yeah, he was sort of like, <laughs> he was, he was like a hobo clown. Yeah. They like oh, it was like, a, oh, what the hell was it? It wasn't like a name, it was like a thing. Yeah, but he was like, fan, his promos yeah, were was so good. Mm. I think a big one <clears throat> that'll be looked back upon if his career pans out, as everyone thinks it will, would be tough enough rookie Patrick Clark to Velveteen Oh, Green. God, yeah. 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 I mean, his career is not going to not pan out. Look at him. Unless he gets horribly injured. Yeah. Let's hope he doesn't. But yeah. Um, yeah, he's class. He's so good. <clears throat> right. Um, I guess we should do. We'll do the deaths first, and then end on a happy note with yes, the birthdays. Yes, I suppose we will. So unfortunately, we do have some deaths. We're starting off with a massive one, an iconic figure in wrestling. In 2017, at the age of 72, it was sadly Bobby Heenan's death. I mean, a legend of the business, the yeah. the best manager of all time, the best probably color commentator of yeah, all time. God, Just yeah. like fantastic, yeah. a two things, and. Um, 
one of the people like when you go back and watch old wrestling sometimes the matches are a bit you're like oh it's a bit sloppy it's a bit slow and there's few things that are as good as they are today but Bobby Heenan is is but one of them Heenan could take a turd of a match and just make it like worth watching yeah just by talking alone it was fantastic yeah he was great I remember a segment uh, I saw on uh, the most recent one of the most recent OSW reviews yeah. where he's introducing Lex Luger the narcissist yeah. and he's got a he's got to talk for five minutes about basically how fit Lex Luger is yeah. and he does it and makes it entertaining he's like look he's, at his body he starts lifting up the curtain doesn't he the, the curtain, curtain, comes, the curtain down, comes down he's, and like, he's like, like, like trying to lift segment. he's like no give me a few more seconds please there's also of course <laughs> him trying to get into Raw in various disguises as a woman yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, there's the, the maybe the most famous match that he called the 92 Royal Rumble where he had he wanted Flair to win he was his boy yeah. Flair comes in at three and he starts off devastated he's like I can't yeah. believe the Flair's going to get screwed like this and as Flair gets closer and closer to win and he gets more and more desperate and it's just yeah. I think he takes an already fantastic Royal Rumble and makes it the one that's regarded as the best mm. of all time and it's largely or, or partly I guess down to Bobby Heenan the funniest Hall of Fame induction oh, speech oh the best Hall of Fame speech ever yeah not seen it? No. Talks about animals and all sorts. Just really? a funny, a funny ten minutes. Go and watch it. Yeah, he um, kept it to ten minutes as well. I think so. Absolute legend. You see it like these days. Yeah. I remember being there live in Beth Phoenix. I it was, was just very like, pulling my eyes out. Very different back then. The, yeah. All the of him. It was like in a little smoky old man's club. Thing. Yeah. Not a hall. Um. Not what am I? An arena. One of my favorite heater moments as well is when. You know the the whole big show, the giant and Hulk Hogan fighting on the roof, and Hogan gets like knocked yes, off. Yeah. And then someone's like, Heenan's like, which side did he fall off? Which side? Was it the river? Was it the street? Was it the river. And then Bischoff goes, well, on one side you got the river, the other side you got the parking lot. What difference does it make? Which makes no sense. <laughs> and then Heenan either just, he splashes Heenan, in the water, he splats yeah. on concrete, and, and Heenan dies. goes, he just cuts back to the comedy, but Heenan just goes, just <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Um, yeah, Bobby Heenan. A legend of the biz. I think that was some of his best work came in WCW. Where he could just kept tally. Was, yeah. He was there for the money and nothing else, and it was fantastic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, in 2002, we had Flyboy Rocker Rock, who sadly died of a heart attack at the age of 49. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Honestly, don't know too much about Flyboy Rocker Rock. I oh, I only know him from the bloody promo from One Night Stand. That's where I recognise him from, which is sad. Yeah. But, you know, I I didn't really watch a lot of ECW like sequentially uh, right. when I was younger, but. You know, obviously a great tag team wrestler. Yeah, God, yeah, yeah. Um, and in 2004 as well, the Big Boss Man at 41 years of age. Yeah, I like, I like Big Boss Man. Yeah, he was great. He's one of my mum's favorites, actually. Right. Yeah, I didn't like him as a kid. I was like, oh, Big Boss Man, but he was. He good had like a badass gimmick when he was like wearing all the SWAT gear and stuff. And yeah, coming out. I thought he was quite cool. Yeah, yeah. he's what somebody went and underwent like a big transformation because he used to be like much larger. Yeah, and he wore like the police uniform and stuff. And then he really updated his gimmick for the new era. Yeah, he became he like a proper like threatening. Dark, and, yeah. and also, he gave us the infamous promo where he stole Big Show's dad at oh, the cemetery. Oh, for God's sake. Like, which is just... One he's of... a good poet as well. <laughs> that poet. He rhymed yeah. choke with croak, I think I remember. <laughs> and he also cheated death once before he did actually die at uh, WrestleMania 15. 15 yeah. he got the hell in a cell and he got hung. hung. Yeah. And Michael and Cole just immediately in the ring afterwards, just not talking about it whatsoever. Didn't that you say they threw to the... They throw to... Oh, this is one of my favorite things. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, I showed Jacket the other night. But Again, you... this isn't linked to... We're, we're obviously very sad that Big Boss Man passed away. Yeah. But this is just a funny moment that happens to involve Big Boss Man. So uh, I was working on... Uh, we're doing like a Hell in a Cell thing at the minute. And um, basically, 
Yeah, like there's the Hell in a Cell match and Boss Man's hanging and then it just fades to black and there's this thing called like the uh, the WrestleMania Rager Party or the WrestleMania Rage Party and it's sort of like a massive frat party but for WWF. We talked about it on that. I, I guess it's sort of like Access before Access. And, yeah. and, and I was telling Matthew about it and he knew immediately what it was because yeah. Matthew knows loads. Yeah. And, um, and then I was like, someone was in it. Who was it? And then he went, was it not Chef from South Park? I was yeah. like, it was, it was Chef from yeah, South Park. Yeah, so it, it's just cut into all these people. There's like, there's a swing band. There's Isaac Hayes. There's a, Mankind introduces Isaac Hayes by going like, I've got a really sore leg. So I can tell you now that pimping ain't easy. Throws to Isaac Hayes, <laughs> who is playing chocolate salty balls from the South Park soundtrack. Um, it's a natural progression from seeing a man being hanged. It's yeah. just... It was insane. Then they're doing like they're doing like promos and stuff, and the the audience are just sort of a bit like blown away by it. Uh, it oh, it looks very dirty. Just just go to the end of that match and watch the advert. It's I implore you all. But of course, um, big boss man, a great lad, greatly missed. I thought he was good. Yeah, good yeah. chef as well. Cooked got, a dog. It's t- yes. Oh, uh, he did yes. It's time for well, Jen's favorite part. Let's give her a ring. No, let's not. Um, it's time for birthdays. Oh, I love birthdays. Isn't it quite a simple and childish thing to love someone else's birthday this much? Wow. Oh, oh, sorry, Jack's shooting hard. His All words capital are letters, exclamation point. Um, oh, Sam, I'll let you take this one because he's your friend. Oh, yes. 17th of October, Jim Cornette. September. Uh, September. 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 It's Jim Cornette. Uh, Jim Cornette, 57. 57 years old. Of course, Jim Cornette, legend of the business, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. You've been to his house? Been to his house. I've seen Bobby Heenan's jacket in his house. That was great. Nice. Uh, he has one of the biggest collections of wrestling memorabilia. It's like priceless. It's insane. And also, apparently, he can really put his food away. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, like, like, like an incredible he, uh, Yeah, like he, he just... Every single meal we ate was like three courses, and I don't know how I wasn't dead. Yeah, by the sounds, end of that trip. Apparently, he was like these poor British kids coming over. Yeah, here, he can't was like their meals. that was it basically. <laughs> he also <clears throat> told me, well, he insulted me a lot when I met him. Yes, said that I couldn't get a date on a tombstone. Well, I have more graphic ones that I can't repeat on here. I've got the the Midnight Express book, and uh, it's it's got like a section dedicated to him because obviously he was the manager, uh, and he prints all of the first instances of hate mail and death threats he got, uh, and then there's about four straight pages of one-liners mm. like you couldn't get a date on a tombstone. He told me on camera that I looked like I went to give blood and forgotten to say when. <laughs> <laughs> On the 19th of September, we have two, three. We've got uh, Gerald Briscoe. Big um, Jerry. We, well, I, I can't really, I've never, I've met Pat Patterson now. Yeah. Not Briscoe. One of the two Stooges. Yes. Gerald Briscoe, the other one. The dark-haired one. Briscoe was, of course, a one-time WWF hardcore champion. Yes. Yeah. And then he fell asleep. Pinned asleep he pinned in, someone who was asleep. He pinned yeah. Crash Holly, who was asleep. <laughs> uh, and it was really sad. It was like, one. Bring back and the, he's like doing this. Just bring back the 24-hour hardcore check. Because on the in, network, don't have the, it on a but show. Don't even, don't, not even on the network. In the age of social media, it would be yeah, amazing. Twitter and that. Yes, do it. Why haven't they done it bring already? Bring it back. I think they will do it. Hopefully. Um, and also, Ross's favourite female wrestler really? of all time. <laughs> yeah. Eva Marie. I think it was somebody else's favourite wrestler. I think I thought mine. you I thought Definitely you were like I thought you were like aghast that she was on the main roster. Two different people. No, I liked the gimmick on the main oh. roster. I thought it worked. Oh, did you not like going to NXT? Oh, it was just someone else that didn't like it. It was King Ross, I hated it, not me. Right, sorry, oh, sorry. Right, I get the joke now. Um, yeah, I thought the gimmick worked on the main roster where she would uh, be mm. stuck in traffic and stuff, which meant she couldn't take part in her matches, and yeah. then she was released, and then that was it. What what's a waste. She, what's she doing now? Flash in the pan. She's uh, giving her thoughts on the old Nike campaign and stuff. <laughs> Flash in the pan. 
thought you said she's flashing the pan. I was like, that sounds dirty. What the hell? Hello, toilet bowl. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, a far more, I guess, oh no, that sounded harsh, but you know, someone who's far more part of WWE's product these days. Especially now. Especially now. Renee, one of them got fired, and one of them still works there. No, because one of them is now a regular member of the Raw announced team. Renee Young, who I think is great at her job. Yes, fantastic, fantastic, isn't she? Brings a sunny optimism to the WWE product and a genuine enthusiasm that you sometimes don't see from these slick presentery types. Yeah, but she really blends that with the friendliness that comes across. I think she's just proper good at her job. Uh, Happy birthday to all of those. Oh no, a controversial one. Get Richard Tubman in here. It's his favourite. On the 20th, it's Sexy Star's birthday. Boo. Boo. 36 years old, boo. You will never share a locker room with Cody Rhodes again. Boo. Happy birthday. Don't yank any more arms out of the sockets, please. Um, Also on the 20th, God, we've got loads on the 20th. Arn Anderson. Love Arn Anderson. Yeah. He's brilliant. Double A. Yes. Uh, That huge spine buster to Undertaker at WrestleMania. Oh, it's still beautiful. Also a great match with Ric Flair and I think a fall brawl or something where I watched it and I was like... This is just fantastic. There are many, many, many more great yes. Arn matches. I think That's a lot of people, a lot of wrestlers regard him as one of the most underrated <clears throat> workers of all time. Yes. Uh, Greg Valentine. Nipple piercing. What? He's got his nipples pierced, hasn't he? No. The well, hammer. Yeah, the hammer's just, got his nipples pierced. Oh, there was that picture, yeah, where he sat, <laughs> sat, in his, sat in his living room just with his uh, pierced nipples He's next out. to Brutus, the fruitin' barber beefcake, and they're both stoned off their boxes they with their really shirts sweaty. off. And they look like they've been sat in a room with no up. windows open for, like, two days. I can um, only imagine the smell. <laughs> I'll try and do a thing. Joel, he's so sexy, you're going to love him. It's the quintessential stud muffin, Gertner. That was he's, all right. He's, that was still, right. he's still one of my favourite figures He surprised me young. Is he? 43, 43 now. Wow, he, he would have been in his 20s when he looked old. A young 20-year-old, yeah. yeah. just, just his limericks were always something to be, just to, just to behold. He was the best. No, he was he, great. He wasn't a fan. I loved Gertner. Uh, Ethan Page as well, who I believe is um, a big player in Evolve right now. Yes, he. Uh, somebody tweeted me saying... Do you not think you look a bit like uh, Ethan Page? No, you don't like And I, I said, no, he's far too attractive. And Ethan Page just liked my reply. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. He does have all the ego after yes, all. Yes, he does. <laughs> um, I've sold him short there by saying he's a big player involved. He's been a major name on the independence. Yes. Uh, the 21st, we've got two. We've got Jack Briscoe, who would have been 77, but sadly yep. passed away. Uh, a legend of the wrestling business, of course. Mm-hmm. And another legend of the wrestling business and one of the biggest tag team lads around, Ricky Morton. Yeah, a, a large advert for cocaine, the 2017 <laughs> Hall of Fame. Oh, was it 2016, 2016, 2017? Off his bonds he was, God bless him. But, you know, one of the most famous tag team wrestlers of all time. Yeah. Undoubtedly. <laughs> his name's become... Bedded many women down the years because that's what they were famous <laughs> for. Love this. He does loads of coke and sleeps around. That's, that's Ricky that's Morton. What that's essentially what you're saying. <laughs> um, I'm just sad you're aghast. He's one of the few... Uh, People the... say that he's like, one of the best oh. bumpers, though, I guess, if one is sticking to wrestling. One yeah. of the few wrestlers whose name has become shorthand for something, like who's the Genetti of the tag team, who's yeah. the Ricky Morton. I think the Ricky Morton's the one who's going to get beaten down and then eventually the make that time. One. Yes. Um, uh, on the 23rd, we've got three birthdays. We've got El Santo, a Mexican legend who would have been yes. 101. At what age do you stop saying they would have been this old, I guess? Oh, you just say that. You can just say that. But you never hear like they would have been 467 years old. You could. Yeah, you guess yeah. you could. Um, El Santo, one of the I guess most... it's once it gets beyond realistic terms. Like There's people that are like 114, aren't there? But I think if you go past that, maybe it's like... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the most legendary Mexican wrestlers of all time, of course. Not just um, a wrestler, an actor as well. 
Oh, just a big celebrity. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. like a bloody icon nationally. And the father of El Hijo del Santo. Really? I don't know. Christ. I don't know if he is or not. But the, I mean, I just the, name, El, El the name would dictate it, wouldn't the it? The son of El Santo, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, we got um, my pal... Matt, well, all our pals, Matt Hardy. Yeah, what's he doing at the minute? What's he doing, Jack? I just wanted to retire and have a nice there's people. There's people like spreading rumours that he might be becoming the 205 Live GM. I like that. That That'd Get him, on, great, get him in it? an off-screen role, yeah. yeah. On, a, on an on-screen role, but yeah. not, not wrestling, because his back has started a few to his pal this, and it's just yeah. But um, no, Matt Hardy is, I, honestly, bizarrely, one of the best, it turns out, of reinventing himself in wrestling. A bit God, of a Jericho yeah. figure. I mean, like, when I was a kid, it was all about Jeff. All about Jeff. Yeah. Like, Matt was sort of always the secondary Hardy, and then just very slowly, like, and for no good reason either. He was, he was always great, but, like, just mm. very slowly, the tides turned yeah. for me. And, like, Matt's much what do you mean, important. for no good reason? Well, no, he always had like, came one of the most captivating gimmicks we've seen in the past 25 years. No, I meant, for no good reason, Matt was always the secondary one. I oh. guess Jeff was had the like, flashier moves. Jeff had the flashier moves, yeah. 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 Yeah, all the ladies like him. Probably more. sexy yeah. in that, you know. Yeah. Um, one of the most underrated bits of Matt Hardy's career, I think, was V1. I loved the version. Yeah, V1. Cruiserweight, money was yeah. fantastic. With Shannon Moore as his like, as his, he was like a sensei, and he was his, like. He's MFA. Yeah, that <laughs> was yeah. yes. Sorry. Funny the, um, the uh, run he had in Ring of Honor is Big Money Matt. Yeah. Where he would just turn up and people would boo him uh, and they'd chant things like Fat Hardy at him. So he just wondered about how much money he had from working in WWE and rubbed mm. it in people's faces. I, I, I honestly didn't, obviously, infamously, I didn't like the final deletion and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I, I mean, I have to admit that Matt Hardy's one of the few wrestlers who gets wrestling fandom on like an elite level. Like yeah. he understands it more than fans do. When I saw that, manipulate them and when stuff. I saw the final deletion, I, I just, I thought that was it. I was like, what is going on? Yeah. Like this isn't going to go anywhere. I, did, I just didn't see it happening what do they know eh? yeah. i was hooked from day one still um, wasn't a massive fan but you know i can i can appreciate what it's done for his character and career um also on the 23rd on our final birthday of the video it's Kyrie sane she is a class wrestler she likes yes. boats guess she how old does. she is i think she's a pirate guess how, how old is she you've looked 30. at the list man i made it <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um yeah she's you know, she's 30, by the way, viewer. 30. She's the pirate princess. She's, I think, just one of... To watch in the ring, she moves a bit like water. Like, she's so smooth and so, yeah. like, fluid. Why have you found that amusing? It sounds Boats, like you're in the Matrix pirates. describing the... <laughs> oh, um... right. <laughs> yeah. He moves like water. Um, I think she's great. She's got the best elbow drop I've ever seen. Oh, God, yeah. It's so clean. Yeah. And um, I can't hope... stand a bit dance, though, at the end. Really? Oh, I, that, that tears like, me apart. She looks like a little... Child trying to dance. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's not for me that bit. No, but the rest of a ensemble. Yeah. Apart from the pirate bit as well. Very much on board. Apart from regular. So everything about her, but everything about her. But yeah. she, um, a natural baby face. Very, very good at being a baby face. And hopefully, she. I, I think she'll do all right on the main roster. But yeah. Then I it think might so. spell trouble for Bailey. I mean, Bailey's a person I think would do really well with a bit of reinvention. She should go back to on NXT. Ooh, that's a oh, that's a big shout that. Oh. So that's been it for this week in wrestling. I've been Jack from Coltarlic.com, joined by Ross and Sam. You can find me on Twitter at Jack the Jobber. You can find me on Twitter at Less Defined. Find me on the Twitter at Ross on Wrestling. If you'd like to as well, you can pledge to our Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash Coltaholic. And never forget, most importantly of all, if you haven't already, to smash that subscribe button and to join us. Join us. Join us. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 